0: Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember the time to set up your line of credit is today, not when you actually have the emergency come up. And if uh, the past year told us anything, it's a good idea to have a backup plan. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Bayette Chalette. Uh, uh, Biette, I know I pronounced your first name wrong, so give it to me again.
1: It's Beate Shillette. I think you did a really awesome first shot at it because, you know, I mean, you know, who gets everything right the first time?
0: Well, hold that thought throughout this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Exactly. Leading right into it.
0: There we go. And 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 Beate is from Shillette uh, Enterprises Incorporated, and that's her company. So uh, before we kind of get into today's topic, uh, uh, maybe you could tell us a little more about yourself.
1: Yes, I'd be happy to. So, I'm known as a growth architect, and I am known as a growth architect because I invented something called the Five Star Success Blueprint, which is a methodical approach to uh, growing a business, including a nonprofit business. And my vision and mission in life really is to help visionaries and leaders to make their impact by providing them with the strategies and the tools and the blueprints. Because to me, I don't sell the dream. I sell the tools.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, I think this is like my 41st nonprofit MBA podcast and that the, and, you know, I deal with executive directors every day from nonprofits and and sometimes board members too. I, you know, to be, uh, to give some, uh, uh, feedback to our listeners i think that nonprofits don't pay enough attention to the tools the um the resources the strategies that for-profit businesses use um and you know the number one thing that a for-profit business is concerned with is growth you know it's it is their top criteria now they learn later to be more concerned with net profit, but uh, <laughs> right, but um, but growth is really critical. And so, I, I love the idea that we could have you talk a little bit about you know the five star success blueprint that that you that you use you know that you can apply to both for profit and nonprofit businesses. So today's topic: um, how to grow and scale your nonprofit based on the five star success blueprint. That's our topic for today. And so you know, let's kind of start off with taking a step back and say and say, you know, and where did you kind of come up with this process?
1: So for me, it was always important that I have this this um, sense for business that is so easy for me that I cannot believe other people don't know how to do this. And so eventually you step into that, Stephen you go, hmm, I wonder, maybe this is my super skill. But what happens is when I hear people talk about their ideas, their passion and their vision, what happens in my head, I immediately sort of get the bullet point list, right? It'll spit out phase one, two, three, four, five, the system, I have a system formula. And and it is very clear to me when I hear somebody talk to say, well, that's your hook. Well, that's the unique thing. You need to be paying attention to that. And so the more I did that, the more I recognized, Steve, that there's a cadence into how these steps follow each other and that most of the mistakes are made that either people don't follow the steps sequentially in order from one to five, or they start at step five five, and they figure and then they don't understand why two or three is not working. Or they all focused on step number one with it, which is the idea, which a lot of nonprofits are doing. And they're so enamored with their idea and their vision that they completely forget to put, as you said, the process behind it. And then I find out that they're managing by email, a team of 120 people. And I'm going like, what? And and no wonder that all the time is spent meeting and getting each other on the same page because there's no centralized way to manage the information. And so business is business, no matter what the goal is. While for a nonprofit, the goal obviously is not to make profits, but the goal of a nonprofit is to make an impact. Now, in the way we look at business growth, there's no difference in whether you wanna make an impact reach more people, serve more clients, or make more money, you still have to follow the exact same steps. It's just that what your idea is and why you're doing it changes some of the elements of how we go about setting up the plan, but the plan remains the exact same. So I came up with it, Steve, to sum this all up, because I saw that people think that they're so unique and so different and that they feel that what they've done, nobody has ever done before, that they get caught up in the minutia of one thing, but never get the whole thing off the ground. And then they don't yeah. make the impact.
0: I love it. I love the idea because, you know, it's if you have... Okay, so there's three words that I, I will use for, you know, when I'm talking to a business owner, um, uh, you know, the, that's, that's younger and inexperienced, you know, and that is you either have to build processes or I change the word sometimes with processes, with systems. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you have somebody, this is what I found. If you have somebody who doesn't like the word processes and systems, I'll use the word best practices. Um, And so, you know, you can think of any of those three words that resonate the most with you, but what I like about when I, and I don't know your five-star success blueprint yet, and that's what we're going to, touch upon now. Um what I like about is is, you know, if you're running a nonprofit, you don't have to run around doing figuring it out for yourself. You can just follow this process and then start executing. So let's start off by telling uh uh everybody, tell us the five star, the, the five words or five pro star processes.
1: Hey, I'd be happy to. So the first, the first star is the idea. It always starts with the idea. The more passionate you are about the idea, the clearer the idea is, the clearer you are who this idea is for and um, what problem this idea solves, the better it will be for the nonprofit in the long run, right? So a lot of nonprofits are actually very good at this because this is what, yeah. what basically drives everything. So mm-hmm. that's the step number one. Um, In star number two, we talk about the offer. So the offer is the product, the service. That's what we are providing our clients, our customers, our community with. And again, you know, here in the offer, you want to be paying attention to what problem does this offer actually solve? here's already where we're seeing the first discrepancy, right? Where sometimes there might be a donor who has a particular idea that might not be entirely aligned with uh, the vision of the original idea. Somebody comes in, wants to give you a grant for something that's not entirely aligned with what you had, or they want you to build up something new because it's part of their legacy project. And so in the offer, it's really critical make sure that you know, because remember, we're talking about this alignment. It's five stars, so it's a and the stars. Eventually, when you take a line and you draw it from star tip to star tip, turns into a full circle, and then you'll start start all over again. It's a, it's it's constantly in motion. So, the offer has to be aligned with what the idea is. The third piece is the systems, the formula or best practices, and here it's. You know, and it doesn't come until the idea and the offer is clear because first we need to know what are we doing, who are we doing it for, what are we selling or what are we offering, and then and only then can we figure out what systems do we even need to build to formulate that. And here a lot of times mistakes, Steve, that I see very frequently are that um, nonprofits go and they look at what's out there and then they built their business around a solution that they purchased. And then that solution isn't the right solution for them, so their business doesn't do, you know, the nonprofit's not growing and people have difficulties uh, using it. So I'm gonna give one example. So, I mean, I love Microsoft products, but Microsoft Teams is a very steep learning curve for most Mm. teams. A lot of people that are especially have a lot of line staff with a lot of nonprofits do have the boots on the ground. To expect that somebody like that could just get into Microsoft Teams and know how to utilize that is preposterous. I mean, let me just put it out there in yeah. no uncertain terms. So you might think that the, you know, that the CEO or the executive leadership team may have had great experiences with this at the organizations they were with before, but that tool might not be the right tool or the right system for what you're trying to achieve right now. So I see this all the time in nonprofits that I go in and I look at the systems and I say, do you people actually use this? And they go, no. And then they build patches around the systems because they, they, you know, nobody's ever explained it or the learning curve is too big or there's too much to do. And they just don't have the time to do that. So systems have yeah. to help. Go ahead, Steve. And let me let me
0: add to that, because I, I think you really brought up a good point. Um, so, you know, when we when I first started financing solutions, we used uh, Microsoft Dynamics, which is was a CRM, uh, customer relationship management product. And, uh, you know, the thing about uh, the customer, the Microsoft Dynamic is it's very robust, and you can do a ton of things with it. But you know, later on, I moved to a uh, another CRM system that was specifically built for my industry, and they had already thought of everything that I needed for my industry. So, like if you correlate it back to a nonprofit, there is just great nonprofit software where people have done all of the work, knowing already what you're going to need. And you just plug right into that. And, you know, you're, I'm amazed because when I, you know, asked the the new CRM company that I've been with for a couple of years now, you know, uh, I need to do this. They exactly speak our language. You know, they know exactly and they've already done it because someone has asked them. Whereas Microsoft Dynamics, you know, it was, you know, you had to build it yourself. You know, there's no technical support and it's also more expensive. So, um, so I agree, like, my point of saying this is like, there's a lot of really great software that actually can make your organization better right off the right out of the box, because they're building processes, procedures and systems that you are going to need. And so I agree with you on 100%.
1: Yes, and I'm, I'm really glad you said that um, this particular piece, Steve, that there is there are solutions that might not be The known popular solutions, let's just say like a HubSpot or like a Salesforce, but they're very specific for your industry that might not be as well known. But again, you know, when I work with my clients and we do our strategy sessions where we are process mapping what they even trying to achieve, once it's clear what the process map looks like, then we can say, well, how do we solve these individual pieces? And then we look specifically because we have the process first for yeah. the system that can actually then do. Yeah. So let's, and do. let's,
0: let's be clear to our listeners. If they, um, let's just say you, you've gone through the idea, you've gone through the offer, the first two phases of your five-star process, and now you're at the system's need. So, you know, and, and let's, so let's say, is okay, how are we going to manage the relationships of our biggest donors and our, and all our donors, how are we going to manage that relationship? So that type of system would mean a CRM system, a customer relationship management system. And that's what we're kind of talking about, where you would find a CRM system that, that you say is, okay, this is how we're going to manage our communication. We're going to record everything in here. Uh, we're going to keep notes. We're going to keep the address, their information, and we're going to use that same system to manage how many times we communicate with our big donors versus our small donors because the communication is different. So good. What's the fourth step?
1: The fourth step is uh, when we're looking now into teams. So this is all about workplace, workplace unification and teams. So once we know the idea, once we have the offer, once we have the systems, now we know what kind of people we need. Um, and you know, again, a lot of times in nonprofits, they get the people before they get the systems and then it gets very messy. But if you are clear what you have in your systems and what the capability of the system is, then you know exactly what the system or the process can do, or your best practices can accomplish. And now you need to know who the people are that you need to fill certain functions. And what I liked about what you said, Steve, is that. In, in the systems piece, um, the, the, the part really that's critical for a nonprofit is to think through what are the things that we need, right? We need our grassroots. We need our high touch for our high value donors. We need um, we need uh, for our grants. We need to make sure we show the numbers and our impact. So we have to collect the data, our KPIs, our measurements. Uh, so people see that what we do really matters. We have to do our storytelling. Um so there's a lot of different pieces that you want to want to manage. And so when you have the system and the people that are working in the right positions to then fill certain functions or manage certain aspects of the system that are then congruent, now you really put your growth on steroids. And just in these two, two pieces alone in updating systems or uh, reorganizing the systems and making sure your organizational chart is aligned with that, you can oftentimes double your numbers and double your impact, just that alone.
0: Yeah, I I like what you said. I like, I almost like when, uh, I would almost like put a slash next to teams and that would be like teams slash employees because, you know, if you wanna initiate a project, you might find that you don't have either the right person, you might find that you can't afford the right person. And then maybe it sends you back to the systems saying, well, maybe you know, maybe we can use a software product to do what this person was going to do, which would make it more productive and efficient. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that the word teams is is a, a lot nicer than uh, employees. But I that when you said that, I was thinking, oh yeah, like okay, you know, this is the vision of what we want to do. Um, these are the systems we have in place. Okay, now what are the roles of the people that I'm going to need to do it? So I like that methodology that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and once you think about it that way, and you think about the nonprofits, probably you spoke to yourself, Steve. Now, with that in mind, you look at them. You go, "Oh, I already know," because they only focused on the ideas; they never built the system. Or you said they hired the people before they had the systems in place. No wonder it's such a communication frenzy because nobody really knows what they're doing because they're all in each other's way. So, again, you know, this is a very simple way to look at this, and yet um, often overlooked. And that brings us to the fifth uh, fifth star of the five star success blueprint. And that's the leader and uh, and leadership, the executive team. So, you know, the, the, the leader needs to be connected to the idea and to the team. That part is all about leadership. So idea, team, and leader, those three, you know, in the five-star success blueprint, that's one of the pillars. Then we have to have the uh, system and the teams, and the offer, and that is our business development piece, right, because all of these things kind of have to work together. So when you look at the system, you know, they all have to collaborate and overlap in certain areas to make sure your business development is working, your workplace unification is working, and your leadership piece is running smoothly.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because, um, you know, uh, I don't, the uh, to our listeners, they don't know uh, like my past history, but for, you know, between my business partner and I, we've built eight companies and over 25 years. And is what was really interesting is when we went to build the, our eighth company and, uh, you know, financing solutions was our seventh company. And then uh, we, we, uh, started this other company four years ago called elite funeral funding. And what was interesting when I look back and when we started it, like we literally had that business up and running and, and producing revenue in three months when it would have normally taken us three years. And the reason why we got it up and running so quickly and, and, and revenue generating, uh, was because we followed this process. We had the idea. We knew what our offer was. We, you know, we really built systems right up front because we knew, okay, we need an accounting package. Okay. We need a CRM system. Okay. uh, You know, we need to define who's responsible for what and their job responsibilities and how we're going to measure them. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then we backfilled with, okay, the team. Okay, what, what are the, what's the team we're going to need? What are the responsibilities? And then the last thing was we put a person in place who was going to run uh, uh, run the company, mm-hmm. and they were the leader. And that and we went over, okay, this is the leadership skills that we're going to want in this person. So we naturally followed this process that you were co- kind of talking about. And, you know, it, it made me think that if if some of our listeners – if you went to start a brand new nonprofit, uh, again, uh, probably with your experience, uh, you probably would fall into these, the five star blueprint, just the way you explained it as well. I mean, would you agree?
1: A hundred percent? Yes. And, and that I think is a discipline as a business owner. And you said it so nicely. You said, well, you, you became such an expert at it. Steve, you and your partner that you didn't even have to think about it because it's so, you know, these, these stars are so ingrained in, 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 in what you do because you've done it so many times, you know, this is like the zone of genius, a super skill. You just do it automatically. And that is the discipline as any leader is to say, am I trying to reinvent the wheel here or am I able to glean experience from someone who's done it before because at the end of the day, Steve, it's time or money. You're going to pay by the time you put in to figure it out, or you pay by getting somebody, a consultant or an expert, on board who can help you to do this much quicker. It's your choice on how you're going to pay, but you're going to pay one way or another.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly though, I wouldn't have mind having this uh, the five step blueprint process. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a defined process down yeah. and. I, I'm a process person. I'm a system person. I really believe, you know, like the thing that I've really learned about nonprofits and about successful nonprofits and about successful small businesses is that um, it, it 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 really comes down to great execution, and and you know it's really if you can execute really well, that's really going to be the key ingredient in your success. Um, so like to me, I, I want to get right down to the execution part because honestly, once you come up with the idea, you know, the worst thing that could happen to any nonprofit or small business is you keep coming up with more and more and more ideas. It really drives your staff crazy when you do stuff like that because you have them going in too many different directions. And so, um, you know, it's really good once you've gone to your execution and then gone from there. So anyway, uh, so when you've been working with your clients on, on stuff like, uh, you know, the five-step process, what do you notice mistakes uh, that they do um, prior to following the five-step process?
1: So the mistakes I see most commonly are uh, leading by committee. And having uh, too many people in that are participating in the decision making, even because people are generally wanting to be nice and friendly in a nonprofit, it's all about our vision. So we, we want to get the buy-in constantly. And so a lot of big decisions are being pushed off further and further away because there's too many conflicting opinions, especially from people that don't know what they're talking about in a particular category. Like for somebody who doesn't understand systems, don't ask them their opinion on the system. Just ask them what, you know, figure out, do your personality assessments, see how they make their decisions and how they operate. And then you find the system with the subject matter experts that understand how someone like that uh, most likely is to succeed. Don't ask that person. They don't know otherwise they'd be using it. And uh, number two is the, um, just a hurdle as it comes to the research that sometimes you need to do to really figure out what's right for us. What's the right process, the right system for us? So that, as I said, is often by a CEO or somebody who is confident, walks in, says, oh, I know exactly how we fix it. In my old company, we use this. And then it's interesting that you said Microsoft Dynamics because I have a nonprofit that is using Microsoft Dynamics, and it is a disaster—a disaster, a disaster mm. to the point where employees are secretly using their own Mailchimp accounts to get certain information out. I mean, you know that is that is disastrous for your for your organization. And um, the other part is the excessive meeting. Um, by trying to bring people on the same page because systems are not operating, no process mapping has ever been done, no, nothing has ever been even thought out, and uh, then constantly patches up being dis- deployed again and again to fix certain, certain things. Um, another one I see is the lack of uh, support and education in emerging leaders, the first-level management, which I think is the biggest problem for any nonprofit. Period. Period. These people get freshly promoted. They have no idea about what leadership is. They're excited. They finally went from 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 this position to a manager position. And now they're managing mostly line staff. And it's a disaster because they don't have the tools. And the focus on high potential development is an epidemic. And I compare it, Steve, to uh, why don't we take anyone and put them on the Formula One racetrack, put them in a race car, give them a helmet and tell them, here's the gas, there's the brake and see who doesn't crash. And then those who don't crash, we keep and everybody else we just burn through. That's a very costly experiment to do. Why not allow emerging leaders to be properly educated and properly trained in your style, according to the five star success blueprint, because we know how what we need to do so that more of them can perform more efficiently. So those are the biggest mistakes I see.
0: Yeah. I, um, I want to add to what you're saying. I, I had, I did a really great podcast with a company that specializes in nonprofit CRM and, um, it's called virtuous V I R T O. Uh, I'm sorry. V I R T U O U S. And, um, uh, you know, I was really impressed with that um, software, and they specifically they only, they sp- specifically focus on nonprofit. You know, uh, uh, you, you may want to mention that to your client who's using Microsoft Dynamics. Um, I am.
1: They actually yeah. we're actually going in on this project to help them with the CRM. So um, I haven't yeah. I haven't gotten the job yet, but. Um, that, that's fantastic. Yeah,
0: Take a look at them because well, what what I really liked about it, the owner was on Gabe Cooper. And, um, what, what I really liked about it was that one of the things they really addressed is, and that's how I kind of knew to talk about a little bit today earlier. And that is the different levels of communications and uh, that you would send out to different people based, like, for example, if someone's giving you a million dollars, you don't want to send out a communication to them every you know, week like you do for someone who's giving you $25. Yeah. So they have it built into their systems. And this is an idea again about that, you know, they think through this stuff that only affects a nonprofit, whereas Microsoft dynamics doesn't, you know, do that. So, um, you know, when you said the five-step process, you know, the thing that I, I lo- when you were saying it, I was looking at, this, I was going to say, let's just say for me, the, uh, you know maybe I'm not the best example but the 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 hardest part about this the first hardest part was is leadership to me that's the hardest part the second hardest part would be um teams and that would be in my my view would be you know hiring the right people or unfortunately if we've hired the the people that don't uh Match our idea and offer after we've maybe redefined it, that would be the second hardest thing, you know, um, having to either redeploy people or, you know, unfortunately, you know, um, ask them to leave, you know, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, that's all, you know, it it happens, you know, you you always try to avoid that. A good leader tries to avoid that. But, um, so, tell me a success story. Uh, Now, do you think that Um, I'm assuming it's much easier to implement this process if you haven't started the organization yet, instead of having to go back and change everything. Is that true or no?
1: Not necessarily. I think that, um, you know, in, in our process and what makes our process successful is that in the strategy piece or in the uncovery portion, so we we don't make any assumptions. I don't know what's going on. I have to find out what's going on. And oftentimes the leader thinks it's one thing I call this, um, they keep treating symptoms, but they don't know what the root of the problem is. So we have found that in the uncovery, sometimes a, um, a leader thinks it's a, um, it's an issue with retention and HR And the issue is that they have literally a racism problem from one group to another group. And because it is in such a critical function that there is um, hostility and therefore the middle middle is completely locked up and the information just doesn't flow. If the information doesn't flow, um, you know, the people, people on the ground are crying, uh, the people you know, above that level are are raving what a great company it is. And the problem is like right there in the middle. And so the, the, I think that this detachment, Steve, from judging it as good or bad or early or later is critical to, you know, for, for, for leaders really to say, okay, I know there's an issue. Let, let, let's get the plane to 30,000 feet. Let's just fly over the land. Let's just look at the terrain. Let's see all the different airports that we could land in. And uh, is it is it is it HR? Is it our is it our systems? Is it our leadership? Is it the communication? And let's just let's just map out all the different things that need to be aligned. And then we land the plane where our first priority is. And then we map out what comes after that. Comes after that. Comes after that. Because once you fix the first problem, a lot of times the other problems fall into place. It's like when you go to the chiropractor
0: yeah. and yeah.
1: you know, and they give you the adjustment and then the bone pops back in. Suddenly you walk straighter and, and your shoulders are not crooked anymore and your toe doesn't hurt and your elbow is not doing the twitch. And it's all based from one, one thing. So we want to leave enough room in there to say, it's usually not a whole convoluted mess. Usually it's like, is that a core problem that shows up as symptoms and all these other things. So let's figure out what the core problem is, fix that first, and then let's, you know, let's shake the marionette and see that we get it to realign, and then let's see what what else we need to be looking at in these kinds of different categories. So for me, this is the fun part because I I happen to really love it, uh, to go in and say, okay what seems to be the problem. And then when we go in and we do our debrief after our uncovering, before we go in the strategy and we say, okay, here's what we found. A lot of times it's, it's, it's mind blowing. So they love the leadership. They love the vision and they're happy to work there. They couldn't think of a better place to work but there is like only these three problems that are so easy to solve, but they didn't think that was yeah. the problem. So they keep fixing other things, but they never get to the root of the problem. Therefore it, it compounds the problem and people get angry and angry until they leave. And that's a high retention. It's the result of not treating the root. And so now we are flying up uh, to meet with them, do our strategy day and do the first piece. And I am confident that once we fix this piece, that um, that there's going to be a lot a lot more lightness and enthusiasm because we we are taking this 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 clock out in the middle
0: you ever been with a client that that came on board and their idea and offer were pretty good and uh, you know you know and you know like uh, it's not so much the idea off but their first two or three of the five-star process was there. So you had to work on the other things more or, or is it almost always, it's always starting from scratch, going back to the idea and offer.
1: No, I think with nonprofits, what nonprofits usually get down really, really well are the first two, the idea and, and the offer. I mean, oh. most nonprofits I've, I've, I've worked with or yeah. talked to, um, they are very clear what they are, who they're serving the community impact that they're making, what their place is, most of them are super clear. I don't think that for someone like me who who really helps with the with the process mapping and 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 multiplying impact that um, if that's not in place, that would be a tough place to start. Um, I think for nonprofit, but I don't find that at all, Steve. And I don't know what your experience is um, in 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 your uh, career, but most nonprofits got the first two down. Yeah. Even yeah. even leadership oftentimes yeah. they got down.
0: Well you know, I, I agree with you. They they have the the uh, the vision, the idea and the offer down very, very well. Um but with a, a, a for profit business, no. You know, I think they actually a for profit business, a lot of times they have the systems down pretty good. And but they have uh,
1: no clue about the idea and the offer. Is well, it
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I think uh no clue is a little harsh. I think it, it, <laughs> it yeah. I think it gets a little confusing because yes. you know there's comp there's competition in the space. Whereas in a nonprofit, I you know, yes, there's sometimes competition, but um you're often serving a niche that's not been served. So it just you know allows you to kind of move on. Whereas, you know, in a for-profit business, there's it, there's always lots of competition and that, you know, you have to keep redefining the niche uh, if you're a small business so that you you know, it gets your, your niche gets smaller and smaller so that you can better define your, your, um, your offering. So um, good. I mean, is uh, how long have you think, how long have you been doing this five-star process now?
1: So I developed this five-star success blueprint about, I want to say about six, seven years ago when Mm -hmm. it first kind of came to fruition because I, you know, I just recognized the pattern because that's how my brain works. And then my problem that I needed to solve and where this came from is that as a subject matter expert in business building, what I found is that when uh, somebody talks to me, I immediately see all the different steps. And what I did, Steve, I, I do what I call a knowledge vomit. So I vomited all my knowledge onto my poor clients all at once. And they were completely overwhelmed. They go like, I don't even know what am i going to do with all of this. It's like, you know, six years worth of work. So I had to figure out how to take the knowledge and bake it into a loaf of bread. Take a bread knife and cut it into slices and say, okay, everybody calm down. Here's the first one. Here's the second one. Here's the third one. And uh, that creates a much larger success. And this is probably true for a lot of business, including nonprofits, that you want to do too much and you want to give too much and you overwhelm people because you assume what you know is what they know. They don't. So you have to take this knowledge that you have and bake it into your knowledge bread and then cut it into slices and say, what's consumable for the people we are serving? and then push that out slice by slice by slice. That's where it come from.
0: What do you think, what would you say to somebody who said, okay, I got the process now, so I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go implement it. Um, what, what do you think the value is of having someone like yourself working closely with the nonprofit?
1: It's like with everything else is I don't see my own blind spots it's impossible. I work with coaches, consultants. I have a mindset coach. I, you know, work with a high performance coach. You know, I have somebody who, when I go to the gym who trains me because I have a neck injury. I mean, there's certain things I just know I can't know it all. So my assessment is simple. Am I going to put time or money in it? And, um, and what is it worth it to me? So yes, of course people can figure this out on their own. I mean, there's enough information out there. You can, you know, you can become one of those um, professional conference goers that goes from one conference to another conference, always chasing the next big idea. And uh, a lot of people are figuring out some of these things on their own, or they're naturally good at something. The advantage of working with an expert, you know, very much like you are a financial expert helps them with the, solve the the, the financial issues and makes this um, line of credit available, only when they need it. And I loved what you said, get it when you can, not when you need it, because when you need it, nobody's going to give you money. So uh, I mean, it's 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 a simple principle, but they don't think about it like that. They need someone like you to tell them that ahead of time so that when that happens, they don't go, man, I should have done this when I had the cash flow and now I don't. And now nobody's giving me any money. And
0: yeah. I, I mean, I would add two things that you said. and You hit the nail right on the head. I, I had a personal coach for uh, for my business for nine years. And, um, you know, the, the good thing about having someone work closely with you is they keep you on track because, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, executive directors are getting pulled all over the place. And you need to you, you kind of need someone to hold you accountable outside because you're the leader and, 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 uh, you know, you need somebody who is going to outside of the firm say, Hey, you know, you said you were going to do this. You didn't do it, you know, you know, in a nice way, of course. Um, so that's number one. And number two is what I, I, you know, the fact of the matter is you are dealing with all different types of, uh, businesses and nonprofits. And so you can take all of that knowledge and you know, really help your clients because that you counts. are, yeah, you are dealing with lots and lots of different issues, and you've seen it before. So uh, you know, I that's what the value is bringing somebody out. Like I always say, this the coach that you bring on board, they should be paying for themselves by multiples. Yes, because you know, if you have a million dollar nonprofit right now, and you want to, you know, get to five million and two years you know the fact that you're paying your coach whatever it it, it is that's peanuts compared to going from 1 million to 5 million Mm -hmm. so you know you're really talking about helping your clients which of course are the people you serve or the program you're going you know the the problem the problem that you're trying to solve in our society so um so I, I, uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense if you have the right person, if you have the right process, I, I really like what you said today. Um, in, in the, we have about a minute left. Um, do you, is there anything else that you would like to add to, to what you've talked about today?
1: Um, well, uh, just for anyone who wants to learn a little bit more, obviously, um, you know, c- go check out. So we'll put this in uh, the show notes, I suppose. And um, I've written an insights paper called the future of leadership, a return to humanity that is not specific for nonprofits. There were some nonprofit organizations that were participating. And I really looked into this as to what some of the things are that leaders need to watch out for now, specifically, you know, in the crisis, the aftermath of the crisis. And you can find that at diversify.world. I certainly encourage anyone who's listening to your beautiful and Excellent and informative podcast. To not just take you up on your offer to get the credit line while they can, but uh, to also reach out to me personally, i would be more than happy to uh, schedule an, a complimentary uncover session and just uh, find out if anything I can do to support you in growing your nonprofit organization. I'd be more than happy to do that with anyone to reaches reaches out from your podcast, uh, Steve. We are here to help each other. There's enough for everyone, and and you know, working with nonprofits is a incredibly rewarding a rewarding uh, job because you we help make an, an impact in the world in our way.
0: I agree. I totally agree. And we really need that today. Um, so uh, I'd like to thank very much Beate Chilette, uh from Shillette Enterprises for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcasting app to help get the word out. The Nonprofit MBA has become very popular. I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting comments all the time about how helpful it is. If you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Be at, um, again, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Um, I'll I'll do something really shocking. I'm going to give you my actual email. It's the letter B, the letter C, at BeateChalette.com. Just reach out, and I promise I'll answer all my emails personally. And what's your website again? again? BeateChalette.com.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, So thanks. It was a great podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And to all listeners out there, thank you for making the world a better place. Uh, you, you, all our listeners do their part every day. And, uh, you know, we're all trying to do our parts, at least Bietta and, and I are trying to do our parts every day, I'm sure, which we all need to contribute. We're all in this together and uh, we're all human and we all need to do our, our part in making the world a better place. Everybody have a fantastic day and thank you for listening.